fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I don't know what's going on here. Either the computer's acting really slow, the interweb is acting really slow, or there's something more crazy, malicious going on here. Because I cannot share the live feeds. I cannot share the live video on social media. We're trying to share it onto our different pages all over the place. Hey, welcome into the show. If you are listening on radio TV, or if you do have some of the live streaming or podcasting done, welcome in broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation. Here in Wichita, Kansas, on the Big uh, Big Talker, KQAM is our flagship. But we are all over the place, radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. Do me a favor. If you see the live stream on your social media, on Parler, on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, doesn't matter where you're at, uh, please go on there, share it out, because I cannot apparently do so for some reason, and I don't know why. And we'll try and get that resolved here momentarily. Maybe it's just on my end. Who knows? We are the conspiracy theorists, though, right? Where are the conspiracy theorists that uh, have serious, uh, you know, we don't trust anybody. We don't trust anybody. And for some reason, that's a bad thing. And that's why the Democrats hate us, don't they? They hate the fact that we just don't trust them taking care of our health care, taking care of our livelihoods, telling us what kind of cars we can drive, telling us what kind of toilets we can flush. It's kind of a weird thing. So we do have the live stream up all over the place, but we have a lot to get to today. Happy Friday to you. Great to have you along for the ride today. At the bottom of the hour, Phil Kirpin. He is the president of American Commitment. He'll be joining us on the program, and we'll talk about some of the latest current events. It is a wild time. Now, yesterday we got a little riled up, although we did get to do a little bit of our meditation, which was kind of nice. We got to enjoy our Voice of Reason Meditation Center. Namaste, as we try to uh, calm ourselves down after the craziness from this week, but it didn't really work out too well. So I teased at the end of last show yesterday that we had some positive news, things that we could look forward to and things that we can do ourselves because we need to look towards the positive light as the status looks right now. Joe Biden is going to be president on January 20th uh, from what it looks like. The U.S. Senate is going to be in Democrat hands because it's going to be 50-50 with a vice president, Kamala Harris. It's going to be the Senate president that's going to lead that with the tie-breaking vote. Uh, we also have a Democrat majority in the House of Representatives. Not nearly as much as what they used to, but still a majority with Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. What we're hearing now is the craziness in D.C. is that Nancy Pelosi is called the military to take the nuclear codes away from President Donald Trump. Now, he's still president for Two weeks almost, week and a half. Why do you need to take those away? Oh, he's inciting violence from the latest that I've heard after their little caucus meeting that they had earlier today is that they've announced that they're working on a second articles of impeachment starting on Monday and they're going to be voting. I don't know if they have the numbers. I don't think they have the numbers and they would be stupid to do something like that. Stupid to do something like that. But... That's what they're going to try. They also talked about potentially invoking the 25th Amendment because he incited violence. I'm not sure why. Now, again, in a normal world, in a commonsensical world, we could laugh at this and be like, wow, that's really dumb. Because guess what? He tweeted, said to be peaceful. He made a video on Twitter that said to be peaceful. And then he made a statement afterward that said, go home and be peaceful. I don't know what else he could have done. Andy, he could have stood on top of the Capitol and actually done it. No, no, he couldn't have because that would be dumb. He did everything he needed to. Andy, he incited it. He told them to go to the Capitol and take what's theirs. He said to go to the Capitol and make their voice heard. 
the fact that people read into things a little bit too much, I mean, I get it. Sometimes it's difficult to understand what Trump's trying to say, but he never in any way, shape, or form advocated for violence at all in any way, shape, or form. But regardless, I still stand for the taking of the Capitol. I don't care. I, I mean, the violent part of it was bad, and we didn't need to support the bad part of the violence of that. However, the taking of the Capitol, I still don't have a problem with because it made a bold statement. And I want to get to that here in just a minute. So what kind of positivity can we have? Because so far... It's been concerning of what's to come under a Democrat president, a Democrat House, and a Democrat Senate now. Um, what can we look forward to? Because right now, it's going to be the stacking of the courts. It's going to be high taxes. It's going to be the mask mandate, the shutting down of businesses. It's going to be more money. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be really scary, potentially, for what can happen. What can we do, Andy, is what I get the message and emails from all the time. And you can always email me, network at gmail.com. In Hoosier Media Network at gmail.com. You can always email me any of your thoughts, any stories, anything that you'd like, and I'd love to hear those. And I want to read an email here in a little bit. What can we do? There are things that we can do. Unlike what the left says, I don't know if you heard Joe Biden during his speech yesterday, but apparently we're irrelevant in this nation. We're irrelevant in this country. Who cares what the Republicans say? Who cares what people say in general? Because we're not a nation of people in this nation. I made it clear from the moment I entered this race that what I believe was at stake. I said there was nothing less at stake than who we are as a nation, what we stand for, what we believe, what we will be. At the center of that belief is one of the oldest principles this nation has long held. We are a government of laws, not of men, not of the people. We are a government of laws, not of men, not of the people. We are a nation of laws, not of men, not of the people. To hell with you. Now, it goes deeper than him just making a gaffe, because he makes a lot of gaffes, and we like to make fun of him for a lot of those gaffes. And if we do, and I'm sure we can, we can proclaim the palmist <laughs> with the palmist who wrote these following words. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Uh, so the palmist is apparently in the Bible. That's great. And we're not a nation of people, of we the people. We are a nation of laws, not of men and not of the people. This goes a lot deeper than just a stupid gaffe. Right, Joe Biden? Come on, man. Yeah, that's right. So, where, Andy, what do you mean? How deep does this actually go? Well, think about it. He's an, elite, uh, an elitist politician who's been in office for over 47 years. He was the vice president for eight years. He was in the Senate forever. Now he's uh, going to be the president of the United States. And that's what he's pushing, is he is a, law, a person of law, not of the people, is that he is an elitist. We are in government. We create laws. You abide by the laws. We create ways to enforce those laws. That's it. It's not about the people. It's not we, the people. Remember, we made a government of the people, by the people, for the people. That's what it was for, right? Uh, it shall not perish from this earth. It's the people that run the government. They are our boss, which means when we walk into the Capitol and we say, wait a second, what you're doing is a sham. We know it's not even a, a not even a legitimate hearing, not even a legitimate process, not even a legitimate ceremony. When we know that, so we're going to take back our Capitol, that's ours. That's we the people. That's ours. But now we're labeled domestic terrorists for something like that. And Joe Biden, oh, you're not of the people. It's not for the people. It's for a, a government of laws, a pe uh, the country of laws. Not of man, not of people. 
because we are elites. We sit here, we think what's best for you, we create the laws for you, we make you enforce the laws, and we create ways to enforce them. You abide by them because it's not about you, it's about us. It's a lot deeper meaning here. It's a very interesting phrase that he used, and I was a little caught off guard when I actually heard it. But that's what he's all about. So what can we do? There are some things that we can do. And it's a positive way. And we should go off onto the weekend in a little bit positive light, knowing that we have something to handle. Number one, we need to be calling our senators each and every single day in the U.S. government. It is a 50-50 tie with the tiebreaker Kamala Harris as vice president and Senate of the president, uh, as, uh, president of the Senate. Which means we have a 50-50 tie. That means, number one, all the Republicans need to be voting unanimously to fight anything that comes to their table, which is very difficult to do. Marco Rubio, very difficult to do, Mitt Romney, very difficult to do, whoever else fill in the blank. We need to be voting unanimously. Number two is that if we just sway one Democrat, just one Democrat on the Senate side, then we can actually stop some of the legislation that goes through. Now, I don't know how often that's going to be. I don't know how um, uh, likely that is because there are some moderate Democrats in there. There aren't all crazy wild radicals. A lot of them are, and a lot of them, unfortunately, are in the leadership positions, especially the whip positions that get the votes to ensure that they have enough votes to ram something through. So it's going to be difficult. Not saying it's going to be easy, but we can do it. We have the ability, and we will do it. But you need to be calling your Republican and your Democrat senators almost on a daily basis as soon as this takes effect and whatever else that they want to do. Because mask mandates and vaccine mandates and business shutdowns and higher taxes and stacking the courts and getting rid of guns, there's going to be a lot of things on the agenda here. Giving complete amnesty to illegal aliens. I mean, you, you name it, and they're going to be ramming it through. It's going to be, oh, Donald Trump, you focused on this? Watch this. And they're going to be going the other direction. But we can do it because we can make Republicans vote our way and we can make at least one Democrat vote the other way as well on certain issues, depending on what that issue is. It's going to be strategic and it's got to be planned out thoughtfully. Um, and that's what we have to do. Number two is the most important thing that we can do and we should have been doing it already. And we're kind of behind the eight ball here. And that's focusing on our state governments, wherever you may be across this nation listening to this program. And we have a lot of different states. Last year, we wrapped up going in all 50 states. I'm sorry, 48 states. We did not hit Alaska. We did not hit Hawaii. But we hit all 48 states with this show. So thank you for that, by the way, as we wrap up the entire year's podcast. And I'm excited for what's going to happen this year because we only did a partial year last year. Now we're starting with a full slate. No matter what state that you're in, we have the power. You have to remember, the state government is the most important government. The state government is more powerful than the federal government constitutionally. Now, people try to argue that. The Democrats especially like the nice little centralized power at the federal level, and they've created the bureaucratic state to uh, in order to rein in these states, and therefore uh, they've tried to minimize their powers. Oh, you want to do something that we don't like? Well, guess what? You're signed up for Medicaid, and a lot of your people are signed up for Medicaid. If you do that, we don't like that, and we'll cut your funding for Medicaid, and then your people are going to die in the streets, and they're going to blame you. So good luck with that. We've created the mobsters that are now become dependent. we become dependent on those mobsters, on that bureaucratic state, and we have to start weaning ourselves off of that. You need to start working on focusing with your legislators which it's very easy. I mean, I, I know large cities, it's very difficult to do sometimes. However, you still have the ability to knock on the door of your state legislator easier than it is your U.S. senator and knock on their legislator's door and say, hey, we need to become a self 
dependent state. No more financial aid from the federal government. That's a very difficult thing, especially right now with COVID-19. Gee, why do you think that is? We shut down the economy. We have less tax revenue coming into the state. These states are starting to struggle because now we're trying to take care of the hospitals and all the sick people, and we're getting more money in from the CARES Acts, and oh, government bailouts, we're just going to bail you out. We're going to send you money for the hospitals and for the counties and for distribution of the vaccine and for distribution of testing kits, and something goes on down the road. And by the way, every hospital that does have a confirmed COVID case and a confirmed COVID death gets extra money from the federal government. These states love that money because that's what they rely on to be able to fund a lot of their statewide projects. It should not be done at the federal level. It should be done at the state level. Plus, with everybody shut down, then tax revenue has been down anyway, so states are already struggling. There are a lot of states, including here in the state of Kansas, that are like, oh, we're like $11 billion in the hole for our uh, state budget next year. We're going to need some federal bailouts. We're going to need some federal assistance because we can't sustain something like this. They've created the scenario. Go figure. But if we can become self-dependent, uh-uh, we're going to do what we want. So when the Joe Biden administration tries to start laying down some of the uh, regulations, some of the changes, some of the control that he wants to do from the federal level down to the states, the states can give them the nice little birdie and say, thanks, but we're going to go do our own thing. Thanks, but we're, I mean, we're not leaving the nation, we're not seceding or anything, but we're not going to abide by that regulation because we're a state, we are a sovereign state, and we're going to choose to opt out of that. Thanks, but we're not doing it. We can focus on that. We can do that. Three quarters of the state legislatures in this nation are run by Republicans. Three quarters of the governorships in this nation are run by Republicans. We can do it. It's just going to take a lot of work. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great Republic. 
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. I have to admit, today's been a very strange day today. I've been trying to follow a lot of the news that's going on today. There is massive social media blockage going on right now. There's been, and not to be like, God, this is an Alex Jones kind of thing. I, I mean, just realistic. There have been at least 10 accounts that I follow that are big accounts that like push out information that have been banned and blocked it today. According to the media news source that I found and that I've been hearing on the news today is that... Apparently, anybody that shared one or two of Donald Trump's tweets have been blocked, including General Michael Flynn, including Lynn Wood, who, by the way, has been banned in uh, completely for life on Twitter. We have Twitter that's at, or Facebook that's been banned uh, that banned Donald Trump indefinitely for at least the two weeks. Trump's back on Twitter now, uh, although not on Facebook. But General Flynn's been banned, and Lynn Wood's been banned, and then some other news sources have been banned on Twitter. Anybody that really shared Donald Trump's tweets have been blocked right now, which is very weird. Then I go on Facebook, and I'm trying to share. My my video show onto because uh, it uploads onto my personal Facebook page and then we share it to the Voice Reason page and the Hoosier Media Network page and then the radio station page and it kind of goes all over the place and I can't do it. It won't let me. It won't let me type anything. It won't let me share anything. It's very strange. So I don't know what's going on, but I think that now that Trump is quote unquote in trouble because uh, the Democrats and half the Republicans are like, oh, we didn't like what went on. And now we're going to punish you, Trump, because you're at fault. And I think it just shows. It really does expose those who are just so desperate and have hated Trump since the beginning. It exposes them for just really being not able to be patient for two more weeks to just let him go quietly. But now they want to punish him. They want to go with articles of impeachment. They want to do the invocation of the 25th Amendment. They want to get him out of office. But uh, social media now being emboldened saying that they can decide who they like and who they don't like to wear. Anybody who even shares a tweet is going to get blocked because they just don't like you on there. And it's getting very strange. And are we going to stand for it? Again, I said yesterday, guess what? If you think that we're just going away, then you know what? Live in that delusion. Because the more you punish, the more you try and just grind it in, the more you try and just smother us with your oppression of we're going to teach you a lesson forever trying to uh, trying to challenge us again Donald Trump and all you Donald Trump followers this is going to get worse you can't control people like that for them to say Donald Trump we don't like you and now the riots or the protests happened and now we're going to take it to the next level of we don't just blame you but we're going to punish you we want to criminally charge you we want to criminally charge all the people that were involved in something like that just to rub it in baby good luck with that because the people that are angry are still angry, and they're going to get more angry the more you try and poke the bear. Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. Just stop it. Stop it. You can't say, oh, let's all get together, but you guys are evil scum, and we're going to punish you just because we don't like you and because you're a supporter of President Donald Trump. So good luck with that. And the more you ban on social media, the more you try and punish people that actually have an opinion, then good luck with that. The latest I heard a breaking news story as well is that Apple is now trying to ban Parler on your social media or on your phone if you have Apple because they're not going along with the censorship as well. And therefore, they're allowing hate speech. And because that you can say things on Parler that you can't say on some of the other media sites means that they are advocating for hate speech. And now Apple wants to drop Parler as an app that you can download onto your iPhone. Crazy world today. I got an email and I don't have, I don't think I have time to read it right now. So I'll read it later. We have Phil Kirpin coming on at the bottom of the hour. So I want to talk with him. When we come back after that to wrap up the show, I had an email that I thought was really interesting. I want to touch on a little bit. Plus, what's the first agenda item that the Biden administration wants to try and advocate for? And that could be higher taxes is now rich people are already rich people. I love that term, rich people. 
I don't know what line draws there for rich people anymore, but rich people are preparing for higher taxes. Joe Biden's already announced his tax plan that he wants to impose on the American people because, you know, the Trump tax days where you cut taxes for everybody and everybody gets to keep their own money and actually do their own thing. Those days are gone, baby. No, no, no. We need to raise taxes. That moderate middle of the road Joe Biden guy that all the Democrats and even some Republicans are like, he's not going to be that bad, are now coming out saying, ooh, ooh, this one's going to hurt. And guess what? With Democrat majorities in chambers, he can actually make something like that happen, if not even worse. We'll talk about some of that today a little bit as well. Some Republicans are like, you know, Joe Biden with the speech yesterday really had a chance to build some bridges and he flopped. My response is, well, duh. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. It goes by so fast. Half hour done already. The fastest hour of radio on radio. Also radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting. So a lot of crazy news happening very, very quickly. Uh, before we get to our guest, I wanted to give an update here really fast as we... Oh, here we go. What's trending today? So the news just came out from Apple saying that they are discussing dropping Parler, the app for you know alternative news, so you don't get censored by Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Parler, you know, awesome app like that. You can find them at Parler, and you can download the app on any of your sites. Well, Apple is talking about dropping the Parler app unless they actually go along with some of the censorship that Facebook and Twitter is doing because they're promoting hate speech because that's where some of the Trump supporters after the whole fiasco on Wednesday are going and they're talking and you can't be having it. You can't have people talking about their opinions and other things outside of what the Democrats and establishment want. So Apple is actually talking about dropping the Parler app on there. Not sure if it's going to happen or not. I just saw the announcement come from Dan Bongino on his Parler and on his Twitter account. And as you know, Dan Bongino, part owner in uh, Parler. So we'll see what happens with it. Uh, what I'd like to do is if you are watching any of the show on social media or if you are on uh, really any of the sites listening or radio TV, then go on go onto the Facebook page, go onto the Twitter page, go onto the Parler page. And you can find us at Who's Your Reason and drop your handle. So that way all of us can communicate and network once uh, together with Parler. And I've had some comments come on and say that if Apple does drop Parler, then I will be dropping Apple. I probably will as well. I enjoy my Apple. I enjoy my iPhone. But if they don't have Parler and they are trying to go that route, then I may just have to do the same. So 
Uh, kind of interesting. We'll keep you apprised on that as that's going on because it's kind of an interesting. It's an interesting day. Let's just. It's an interesting week. Way to kick off 2021. It literally just said here 2020. Hold my beer. Watch this. Uh, outside of that, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about some policy uh, policy issues, shall we? One thing that President Trump has done over the last year is talked about some of the pharmaceutical prices and dropping prices of medication. And it started off with some of the senior citizens on Medicare, Medicaid, and how we're going to do the price capping on some of these. Is it good? Is it bad? And where do we go from here now that we're transitioning to a potential Biden administration? Now I'm excited to have on the program President of the American Commitment. We've had him on many times before. Happy to have back here Phil Kirpin with us. Phil, how are you, my friend? I am good, Andy. How are you? I am living the dream, although I'm trying to keep up with everything. It's kind of been a wild week, and it seems like it's not stopping anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's a very weird time, i got to tell you, because, uh, you know, there are these protests that obviously got out of control at the Capitol yesterday, and then, like, every liberal I know is like, oh, are you okay? I'm getting these text messages like, where, where were you when there were, like, rioters burning things down a, you know, a few blocks from my house? Yeah, and, well, uh, I, t- I just wonder why we... G- I'm, I don't even... Anyway. Yeah, I, d- I just wonder why we're now calling these individuals domestic terrorists when someone, when people literally held, uh, like, three blocks in Seattle for three months and were doing drugs and shooting people and beating them in the streets. And the mayor of Seattle just said, well, we're just going to have a summer of peace and love out in Seattle when... Uh, we had an autonomous zone for over three months, but you know, an hour of the Capitol, and now we're just domestic terrorists, and we need to be punished to the fullest extent of the law. Like, I just don't get the anyone anyone who ever voted for President Trump obviously needs to be banned from polite society. I think that's where they're headed. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, it anyway. So it's a bizarre time. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question uh, about where we are on drug pricing, uh, I think we're in kind of a dangerous situation because. President Trump had kind of a two-part plan uh, to lower U.S. prices by getting other rich countries to pay more of their fair share. We have a very unfair, sort of unreasonable state of play uh, where the other rich countries that have government-set prices pay much less for prescription drugs than we do, and basically Americans pay for almost all of the research and development costs of developing new drugs, which can cost, I think the average now, Tufts University puts out these estimates every few years, I think the average now is $2.5 billion to bring a new drug to market. And kind of, you know, Americans cover those costs and a return on capital. The rest of the world pays much less uh, because they have government set prices. And what President Trump was trying to do is he was trying to basically lower our prices uh, while convincing other rich countries to pay more and sort of meet in the middle so that you still have the return on capital, the strong incentive for research and development. We still get new cures and so forth, but we're not shouldering that burden and uh, letting others get a free ride anymore. And unfortunately, what I really worry about now with Biden coming in and with you know Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer controlling the Congress is we're going to get kind of the easy half of that equation without the hard half, which is to say they're going to impose price controls on the U.S. market and kind of have government arbitrarily lower U.S. prices, um, but without doing the hard part, which is the trade negotiations to get other countries to raise their prices. And if you do that, if we just kind of say, hey, the rest of the world is getting a free ride, so we're going to be like them, we're going to have government set below market prices, um, then there is no moving vehicle of innovation for anyone to get a ride on, free or otherwise. And what happens is, you know, you're just not going to get new cures, you're not going to get new treatments because nobody's going to spend $2 billion to develop a new drug 
drug if instead of one country in the world where you can really earn that return on capital, there are zero. And so I'm really worried. You know, Nancy Pelosi had this bill, H.R. 1 and H.R. 3, rather, in the last Congress, which I'm sure she's going to bring back, and maybe it'll be H.R. 3 again this time. She had a bill that said, you know, there's going to be a quote-unquote negotiation where uh, the politicians are going to sit down with the drug companies. They're going to say, this is what the price should be. And you don't have to take our price, but if you don't take our price, you get taxed 95%. And that's the Nancy Pelosi approach. Now, if we go down this path, um, you know, it's going to be devastating for, for research and development. The private sector spends something like $200 billion a year on R&D of new drugs. Um, if there's no possibility of earning that money back in return on capital, it'll dry up real fast. And, of course, the, the liberals will probably say, well, we'll replace it. Uh, we'll just do more government research and more grant funding, NIH, whatever. Well, you know, you're talking 2 to $3 trillion over the next decade. Where, where are you going to come up with the money for that to replace it? And does anyone really think government would be as good at it as the private pharmaceutical companies? Just look what we did over the past year with these vaccines and treatments, all this stuff with coronavirus. None of it's come out of government researchers. It's all been the private pharmaceutical companies. So I, I'm really worried that, you know, we're just going to sort of say, hey, we want lower prices. So we're just going to have government impose them. And it's going to be pr pretty devastating for, for uh, you know, creation of new new cures new treatment sure i mean that is going to be devastating it sounded like it was a good plan to be implemented if we had the time to actually finish it and accomplish as you mentioned step number two but you're right i mean that doesn't jive with anything that joe biden has wanted to do or even during the barack obama era is when we kind of bow down to see these other nations and kind of let them run and dictate things because we don't know how to negotiate that was one thing that a lot of people really liked with president donald trump was his negotiation skills to make something happen so if we only do part one of it and we just do that i mean uh, is I obviously it's going to hurt the pharmaceutical industry, which some people are like, hooray. But at the same time, uh, we need to have a happy balance of how we kind of start segueing. Are there other options that we can do to still get new innovations for medicines, but do it in a little bit different light? Well, you know, I think the um, I really like the idea of getting tougher in the trade negotiations. But, you know, the Trump, you know, a lot of people said that could never be accomplished. You'll never convince another country to pay more for prescription drugs. Trump actually convinced Canada and Mexico to pay more for biotech drugs in the USMCA, and Nancy Pelosi made him take it out. That was one of the changes she demanded. Wow. And so it is possible. It's hard. It is possible. But, you know, if you've got a party that I just ideologically is against anyone paying more, whether it's foreign countries or Americans, and just wants to destroy that industry, uh, then I don't know that you're, you know, I don't know that you're ever going to be able to do sort of that part of it. And, you know, that's the challenge is, you know, what are the, you know, how do you lower prices so we're paying less, uh, you know, without undermining those incentives? And frankly, I think the most important thing is to lo make it less expensive to develop and bring drugs to market in the first place. It shouldn't yeah. cost two and a half billion dollars. And as long as it does, Drugs are going to be really expensive. And, you know, if we learned anything from watching the government uh, during COVID, it's that most of what the government does is not particularly helpful. And most of the things that were useful were of the nature of waiving or streamlining or cutting their own rules and regulations and requirements. And, you know, I would like to see us have sort of the same urgency at FDA that we had on this on everything. Because for someone who's waiting on a new cancer drug or a new Alzheimer's drug, whatever it might be, 
that's just as urgent as a new COVID drug or a vaccine. And, you know, I would like to see them have the attitude of warp speeding everything and lowering the uh, compliance cost and the burden and the regulations of all the trials and everything else so we can get drugs to market much more quickly and less expensively. And if it costs half as much to develop a drug, we, we could sell it for half as much without undermining those incentives. And I think so. I think that's the main thing. Second, I would say, um, We've got to go after the middlemen, and this is something Trump did that I hope Biden will keep. Um, but we have an exemption right now in Medicare Part D. We have an exemption from the federal anti-kickback law that lets the pharmacy benefit managers, which are the big purchasing collectives for the pharmacies, that makes them exempt from the federal anti-kickback law. And it's a crazy exemption because instead of negotiating for lower prices, which is what you would expect the uh, pharmacy collectives to do, they actually go to the manufacturers and say, we want higher prices, uh, raise the price as high as you possibly can. So we can charge a copay based on that very, very high list price, but then give us a rebate, quote unquote rebate, which is really a kickback, which we don't have to pass on to seniors at the point of sale. And we can just pocket. And, uh, you know, that there's no other government program where you have something like that. Uh, Trump put in an executive order to end that, to require rebates to be passed on at the point of sale. Uh, you know, we have to see if Biden keeps that or reverses it. But that's a really important way to make sure that the copays in Part D are based on the real price not some sort of fake notional much higher than the real price, uh, which is what's been happening. Well, it's, so it's that, that's, that's something I really liked that Trump did that I hope uh, Biden will keep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many opportunities for us to be able to lower those prices. As you mentioned, I mean, we've been the ones just kind of holding the mantle for so long and something needs to change, which is why so many people are upset. And there's opportunity. It's just whether we can actually advocate for it. And it's going to be difficult now with this new administration, new leadership coming in in some different chambers. We're out of time already, my friend. It goes by way too fast. Phil Kirp and American Commitment. You can visit them online, AmericanCommitment.org. We appreciate the time, my friend. Let's do it again here real soon. All right. Have a good one. Hey, you as well. Always good to talk to you there. We love having Phil on the show. We get him on about every month or so, and we'll do that again here later on. We'll take a break, wrap up the show. One more segment. When we come back, the latest on what's going on, a lot of news blowing up right now about the parlor and Apple going to be really interesting to see where this all plays out. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, 
Catch our special features and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out. Last segment with us here, the fastest hour of radio on radio by far. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener, your millennial general reporting for duty. <laughs> Thanks again to Phil Kirpin. It's crazy to talk about those pharmaceutical prices. And just think of how we got to this point. They gouge Americans for pharmaceutical prices, and then we give it to other countries for really super cheap prices. And what Trump wanted to do was say, hey, you know what? Let's lower the prices here, make them pay a little bit more, then everybody's happy, and we can kind of balance this thing out. But they don't like that. I don't know if you remember or not. During the camp, it, was, it wasn't even during the campaign, really. It was back in June-ish. Last year, back in June, and he was speaking at a rally in Cleveland, at like a factory or something, and he had said that you may not see me for a while because I upset a lot of people in the pharmaceutical industry, and I kind of need to go dark for a while because apparently they had heard about some potential assassination attempt. I don't know what was going on, but it was very weird uh, with kind of what he said on, at the rally in public, and it was like, yeah, you're not going to see me for a while because I upset a lot of people. I need to go dark. It was very weird. One thing we can do with the pharmaceutical prices is just not buy the pills. But, Andy, I need them. I know. Here's what needs to happen is, and it's, it's again, you want to talk about government usurping their power, government controlling just about everything. What you can do is find natural ways to cure a lot of things. I am of the belief, and I've become more strongly embedded in this belief over the last few years as I've kind of gone down this road with some research, is if you do natural remedies, Andy, the holistic stuff that's not real, it doesn't really... Trust me, the stuff that I'm seeing is amazing. With just holistic medicine, natural remedies. You know why they say it doesn't work? Is because you can't patent natural things out in uh, the wilderness, outside, different plants, different herbs, different whatever. You can't patent that stuff. Therefore, the industry shuns it. The FDA shuns it. The USDA shuns it because that's not good because they don't get any money from it. They can't control it. They can't regulate it. They can't make you forced to buy some pharmaceutical thing. Proof in point. Do you remember the guy by the name of Kevin Trudeau back in the 80s, early 90s? Kevin Trudeau wrote a book about some like health loss stuff, a a weight loss book, and it was a really easy way. You do these extra steps. You stop eating these certain foods. You stop taking these certain medicines. You do. He wrote this book along with other medical and health things that he did as well. He's in prison for ten years, more or so. He's in prison right now. I don't know. You know why? Is because they uh, the government sued him, saying that he was giving false information. Because apparently, if you talk about holistic medicine, they come after you and say that well, you have to have a disclaimer saying that it's not real medicine; it's just for entertainment value. But you have to go seek a medical physician uh, for certification or to to consult your physician on anything that you want to do because it's not real medicine. That's where we're at. You want to talk about a free nation? That shows the opposite of a free nation, which is kind of strange. Hence, why. 
and we're trying to plan this behind the scenes, so we can't give you a whole lot of details, but there's a lot more coming out with the Hoosier Health that we're working on, and Mrs. Voice of Reason working on some Hoosier Health with some natural stuff because this is what we need. Well, this is what we're up against, the pharmaceutical industry right now. And I'm not just, you know, one of those crazy people, big pharma, but at the same time, big pharma. <laughs> know what I'm saying? Because what they do is absolutely ridiculous. Why are we paying for other nations to get it for free when we're paying up the wazoo and people are having to decide, gee, do I pay for my food for the week and do I pay for my medication this week? What do I do? And it's a position we shouldn't have to be in. And I've seen some really crazy stats. Near like 60, 70% of Americans are on some type of medication, some type of pill. Like, really? A thousand years ago, people weren't taking pills and we were living just fine. And they were dying by the age of 35. No, they really weren't. Only the ones that didn't, uh, that thought that everything was just voodoo magic and just wanted to go away and were shunned and, and scared by it uh, were the ones that were dying off at the age of 35 because they didn't know how to treat things. So uh, I do want to have a conversation on that at some point. I got an email, and we only have about a minute or so, so it's going to be kind of a, a short abbreviated, but here's what I got in the mailbox today. What's in the mailbox? Got an email from listener Scott. Appreciate it. Uh, would you consider discussing any possibility, any possible similarities between the photos of Congress members attempting to take over, uh, to take cover behind and underneath chairs, uh, as opposed to how you felt during your school shooting experience that you went through? Uh, and as many of you know that I did go through a high school shooting experience, can you compare the possibilities of the two? I can't compare the two. I don't see them as one and the same. Because, number one, we were children who were innocent and had no way of being able to defend ourselves. So what did we do? We hid under our chairs because we were not able to carry, not able to do anything. Congress, they act like children, but they're grown adults. And thank God for people like Lauren Bolbert, the new elected congresswoman out of Colorado, that she said she will be carrying concealed while she's in Congress on the Capitol Hill because she doesn't want to be in that type of position like most everybody else is. So they're grown-ass adults that may have security but should be able to defend themselves and should have the right to carry. That was completely taken out of our hands as children. So should be a little bit situation, a different situation, but at the same time, um, they act like children on Capitol anyway. So I guess there are some similarities there. Back at it tomorrow or on Monday. Everybody have a great weekend. It's The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier Holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.